Hello, I'm Kurt Whitesell, and I want to welcome you to the coolest and most informative podcast in the Westfield, Indiana area. What's up, Westfield? What's up, Westfield is a local chat fest to dig deep into politics, development, who's doing what, and anything else we can fit into 45 minutes of fun behind a microphone. If you have a topic or interest in being an amazing guest, please reach out to us, and we'd love to hear your ideas. Today we are online for our February edition, and my super fun guest today is one of Westfield's standout cheerleaders, event organizers, and community leaders. Our guest has spent the last couple of years as the duly appointed executive director of the Westfield Chamber and the CEO of Downtown Westfield Association. He's also the first person you see at many downtown events and the last one to leave the parties. Hopefully today we can learn a little bit more about him, and this should be a fun one, gang. Please welcome Mr. Steve Latour to the podcast. Hi, Steve Latour. How are you today? I am doing great. Good morning, Kurt. Thanks for uh, doing my podcast. I appreciate it. Um, If you've watched any of the other ones, um, hopefully it isn't a uh, bad example. Hopefully you've enjoyed them. So um, yeah, they're good. Good informative things. I had someone say they wouldn't do it because they watched other ones. (laughs) I thought that was silly. So well, um, so many of you uh, of us know you through the Chamber of Commerce, and um, I'd just like to start by you telling us about yourself. Tell us where you're from. Um, yeah, just tell us the, your professional and some personal of Steve Latour that we uh, we probably don't know. Sure. Um, well, I'm a Michigan native. I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit, and um, I come from a large Catholic family um, and uh, had I am one of four siblings. Um, I went to Central Michigan University in Mount Pleasant uh, where I graduated with a major in interpersonal and public communications and a minor in political science and public affairs and when I was going for my uh, third minor the dean of students who I knew well told me it was time to leave the fair um, meaning (laughs) that I had spent enough time in college and he thought it was time to move on to something else Um, and so that's always stuck with me you know I've never been told I spent too much time in school a school or at a school so I don't relate yeah I just was loving it and uh through that process I discovered that you could work in higher education so I had actually gotten accepted to go to Indiana State University and get a master's in higher ed And in the summer of my graduation from college and getting ready to go get my master's, um, the apartment community that I worked for, which was, uh, it's like a a student uh, complex that has pools and saunas and fitness, you know, not your average uh, student complex. They asked me to stay and run the place for the summer and um, then they flashed a big salary in front of me and I thought, oh, maybe I should do this. Uh, So I stayed there for about a year and a half. And then um, towards the end of that time, Alpha Sigma Phi, which was the fraternity that I helped to restart at Central Michigan, they reached out and said, hey, would you be interested in working for us? Uh, We're down here in Carmel, Indiana. We're trying to grow our staff with some people who've been out of school for a year or two. So I interviewed and got the job and uh, took a 50% pay cut and moved to Carmel. Much to the chagrin of my parents, who during their first visit were like, oh, you work in a real building. This isn't a fraternity <laughs> house. It's like, yep, we have real, real phones and desks uh-huh. and everything. 
Um, and so I did that for 10 years and then was approached by a different national fraternity to be their CEO, went through that application process, was chosen to be their CEO and served in that role for several years. That's what brought me back to Indy. So I was in Indy for 10 years, then moved to Kansas City, Missouri for four, and we relocated that national headquarters back to Indy. And so when we did that, I was looking for a house. Uh, had visited Westfield a few times when I was living in Carmel previously and thought this would be a great place to set up shop. And that's kind of what brought me here. So it was getting kind of reacquainted and involved in the city that I started to learn more about, you know, the things going on here and whatnot. And, um, and yeah, so when the chamber job opened, I thought, well, this would be a fun thing to do. <laughs> so here I am. Uh-huh. Fun. So, um, I got to ask you some frat stuff. Um, I okay. picture, I you picture like fraternity, hurts. fraternity, excuse me, yes. fraternity yeah. stuff. Um, I wouldn't have done well in the fraternity scene, but I don't picture an organization above it. So what does the organization above a fraternity do? Yeah. Besides so keg deposits. No, things like that. that. Okay. Um, well, you know, the organization I joined, Alpha Sig, it's 176 years old. It's been around a long time. And in the early 1900s, they thought we should have some coordinated direction. So they all have national offices with staffs. They do a lot of the leadership and educational programming. We negotiate. Uh, we, we, the fraternities now have their own uh, insurance company that insures all the fraternities. And then there's a different insurance company for the sororities. So we provide insurance, uh, training, uh, recruit alumni to help advise and mentor groups. I really think, I know sometimes Greeks get a bad rap, but when done well and done right, it, it is a transformational experience. Uh, it's really amazing. I'm glad I did it. Um, so one, yeah, once they, you, they have, once you were in the when you were in outside, when you were in operations, I guess you would call it, did you spend much time back in the fraternity houses or did you go to other universities? What was your engagement? Yeah, in my tenure at both organizations, I've now been to, it's north of 300 colleges and universities. I stopped counting at that point, but I, I um, have been to a ton. I've been to 46 states because of it. Um, and so, yeah, we would travel to all of the chapters. We would check in on them. We would do some training with them. We would, uh, help them, you know, make better choices sometimes. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, a it was a great job. I loved it. So what kind of training did you do with them? What was a, what was a visit like with them? It's not too different from sort of what we do, you know, in our business lives as adults, but we talked about what's your vision for the chapter? What's your goal? You know, the goals that you're gonna work on. We've talked a lot about recruitment. How are you recruiting the right men who want the leadership experience and not just the guys who are looking for a free solo cup uh, to carry around. So uh, we do a lot of that, a lot of safety training, um, just to make sure that the experience can be as, as good as possible. Okay. You enjoyed that, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, to me, so many of those skills I'm using every day now um, in my job. I mean, 
having to go from school to school to school, not knowing anyone, walking into a house and having to build a relationship with all of these guys or alumni is not unlike what I do now, where I walk into new companies and businesses and meet new people every day and need to quickly, you know, establish a relationship and see how we can help one another. Did you, um, was there pushback when, or was there, did you get a hard time when corporate came to the, the house or anything? I mean, were you the seen as maybe the bad guy at times or the authoritarian or were you not that? Is that not? Yeah, I'm mean, scared. I'm scared of you, Steve. <laughs> so I kind of had a reputation of being able to like be pretty direct when I needed to be. Uh-huh. Um, I had the misfortune of having to go to several campuses where we had lost a student uh-huh. um, and had to manage, you know, that situation with the chapter and the campus and the media. Uh-huh. Um, and then really just also be there for the guys to make sure that they were kind of getting the help they need and the counseling depending on the situation. So I've had those, I've had situations where I've had to close chapters, but I'd say the vast majority have all been good experience or for good reasons. A lot of it's routine, you know, checking up on them, but it was also, um, you know, just making sure that they are making good choices. Uh (laughs) Or hoping. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, that's a cool, that is a fascinating uh, uh, career path. I would have never, I'd never knew about it. And then uh, when I moved here to Indianapolis, I realized there were some headquarters. So learn more about it, but it's cool to know someone that uh, did that. Yeah, um, we have like 34 headquartered here in Indy. Is this a main some... place for them or is it? Yeah, it's the main hub now. Um, okay. Indy is third to DC and New York as far as number of nonprofits in the United States. So we are we're third, and a lot of it's because of the tax laws that Indiana adopted decades ago for other other states. So it really drew in. That's why you see FFA here and NCAA here, and so many of the other bigger nonprofits are headquartered in Indiana because of the tax friendliness of it all. All right, so here you are. Were you, <laughs> were you um, unemployed at the time the chamber job came up or were you employed? I was employed. I had um, been, I had gone back to Alpha Sig to help them start uh, a housing company and kind of take it to the next level. Um, so when I came back to Indy with SIGTA, I was in that role and um, left that role, and then Alpha Six said, "Hey, will you come back and help us?" And uh, so I went back there, and I said, "I'll stay two years, and then I need to go do something with government and city stuff. And uh-huh. if I'm going to do that someday, now's the time to do it." So, okay. year and a half in, the chamber job was posted, and uh, the rest is magical history, as they say. So had you ever been in, uh, highly involved in any chambers before you took over the chamber job or had you, you know, were you unfamiliar? What was your experience with chambers over the years? Well, when I lived in Warrensburg, Missouri, as the CEO for Sigma Tau Gamma, I was on the board of directors for the Warrensburg Chamber of Commerce. And so I got to see how this chamber um, operated. What was interesting about that that city of Warrensburg is that we had a university in town and then we had an air force base just 10 miles outside of town. And that was really the whole city. So, you know, so learning how those things worked and how 
companies were dependent on the military base and on the students. And it was just fascinating to see kind of how that played out. And so it was neat to be a part of that for a while and get to learn that perspective. And so I, I'd known of Chambers part of that, but to be in it was, was great. So you find out the Westfield Chamber job is open. You get the Westfield Chamber job. You, you plop down, you get to work. I mean, you hit the ground running pretty hard. Um, what were, what was it that you were excited about on day one when you took over the chamber? Or what were some things that you were excited about? Yeah, I think for me personally, it was just um, getting to work in the sphere of city and government and getting to see a lot of that stuff up close and not really knowing what I would be exposed to or who I would get to meet through that process. So for me personally, that it just felt like a great kind of next step professionally. Um, I think for the chamber, from everything I had seen and heard, you know, Westfield had gone from here to here and our chamber had sort of stayed there. And so how were we going to elevate the opportunities and experiences and resources and those sorts of things for our businesses? How are we going to be relevant to and Abbott Labs coming in and also relevant to, you know, Village Pizza down the street. So um, not to mention, you know, your competitor or anything. <laughs> but to hey, get what promo. I mean. Yeah, oh, I get it. So um, what is, um, was, uh, had you attended any Westfield Chamber events or had you the been in anything? One, uh -huh. I went to one because um, I, at that point was on the Westfield Youth Assistance uh, Program Board of Directors and it was the Share the Love event yeah. in February of 2020, which I think was the last luncheon that they did. And so I went to that luncheon um, and got to see that because Eustaces had a table there. And um, mm -hmm. that's where I met Nick Verhoff. And okay. um, that was the one and only chamber thing I had been to. Okay. For was, Nick, was Nick running the chamber at the time? He was. Okay. Well, that's a good introduction to events. I mean... That, that yeah. Share the Love event's a heck of an event, I think, or it has yes. been. Does yeah. it still happen? Well, we're changing it. Okay. Um, but yeah. I mean, you really, that, I feel like your theme of taking over the chamber is, well, we're changing it. I mean, you, you've really taken everything and tried to crank it up a little, haven't you? Should I say we are elevating the experience <laughs> no i love i love it you you have no idea how much i love change and i mean it, change is not bad and i i actually love that um you know when i was on the chamber board it wasn't real flexible i mean there, there was uh there was a pretty set in group or group uh whatever a very historical group and uh set with their ways and you coming in, I was actually surprised how open to new things and change. And it was, it was awesome. I was very, it was refreshing to see that someone could get some stuff happening like you have. So um, kudos to you on that one. Well, I, I will say that I think my previous professional experiences and having worked in a membership organization with the fraternity world made me feel very good about like a lot of those initial steps, like, oh, we need to do this or this or this. Um, and so I probably went a little bit quicker than maybe someone else who would have been hired for the job for that reason. Uh -huh. But I think 
some of the change is obviously the result of the pandemic and its ongoing, you know, crunch on things. I mean, I think we wanted to have shared the love in the traditional sense, but we couldn't because you couldn't have that many people in a room that close together last year. So we went to an airport hangar um, and, you know, we had only one third of the participation that we had in 2020. So I think we're, we're kind of modifying, like, what do people need? What are they comfortable doing? And I feel like we're coming out of it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I also am not afraid to say, like, is that relevant? Is it rep replicable? Is it recognizable as a value add that we're bringing to the table? And if it doesn't meet kind of those three R's, then I'm like, okay, let's take a look at it and switch it up. So what has been some of your big challenges um, that maybe surprised you when taking over this position or that role? Um, what, what has been something that surprised you didn't think maybe was going to be a challenge um, outside of maybe pandemic, but probably includes a little bit of that. So what's been challenging to you? I would say the biggest challenge and the thing that surprised me the most is um, how late, how light our database, database records are on the companies here in Westfield. Huh. So I expected to like, we would have every company in the system and we would yeah. know whether they were a member or not. And we'd know who to contact there and mm -hmm. who has been there. And, um, you know, there are 911 companies in Westfield that have a front door or a physical building. Um, and we probably only have about half of those in our system at the moment. Um, and of the half, we only probably have contact information for the top one or two people at those companies. Mm -hmm. So you think about all the other people that are working in Westfield at a place. Um, and so we have, a, we have a big hurdle to get over in the next year or two to try to get as many of that, that much as that contact information as we can. Mm -hmm. So that we're giving even more people opportunities to network and go to things. And um, yeah, I'd say that's probably the biggest surprise. Is that probably a lot of that because we've transitioned more digital stuff and we're just we're using those contacts better and probably didn't see any value in them in the past? Or do you think it's it's way past due? We should have been using that for years now. I do think we probably should have been doing that for years, mm -hmm. uh, but I would say that we probably relied on our point of contact for each company more than we should. And oftentimes okay. that person was just our billing point of contact. Mm -hmm. So in some cases, we didn't even have the general manager of a place or the owner of a, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a strip mall or a, a couple different, we don't have, we didn't have some of that information. So I think then it puts that on, you know, the billing contact for that company to care enough to send it out to everybody. Hey, here's a luncheon you all may want to go yeah. to, or here's whatever. So I think nowadays with people's inboxes as full as they are, the more that we can get to each person um, and not rely on a single person, like in the school district's a great example. Um, you know, we had one contact for the school district in the system. And then that person was supposed to spread this to, you know, a few hundred employees. Um, so we've been working to try to collect more and more of that information. So do you find that people want to be want to know what's going on do you think people maybe the general managers or or company owners are surprised to know they they aren't keeping up do you think yes yeah yeah i can see that by like the number of people who are subscribing and want to be added to the mailing list every week and then 
our social media numbers are going up and up and up. So we have more people subscribing to those things as mine well. Go, mine, mine go down, Steve. <laughs> so congratulations. Well, we can the have more a I try. about why that may be, Kurt. But... <laughs> I'm so proud of you for increasing your following. Um, <laughs> well, that's a great, a great thing to bring on. Um, the social media of Chambers over the last few years has been very impactful, I think. Um, have you felt like Westfield is a, a good social media community for the chamber? And do you think the chamber has done a good job of communicating using social media in the community? I would say if I were the greatest today, uh, I think we're probably on, at, a, at a C plus or B minus. Okay. Um, I think we have some work to, to go there for sure. Uh, there's certainly chambers across the country that have really learned how to maximize that that use. And so um, I, I probably subscribe to about 25 other chamber newsletters around the country and follow that many, if not more, social media links uh -huh. uh, for chambers, for downtown associations, main streets, and farmers markets, just because I think it's so important to kind of know what's going on, what people are doing. Um, you know, if you want to be one of the big guys someday, um, it's important for us to follow, you know, uh, Charlotte and Dallas and some of these other big cities around the country to see sort of what level of service are they providing? What are they doing to support their members um, instead of just kind of looking right here in Hamilton County, you know? So are, are our members engaged in your social media? Yeah, I think, I think somewhat. I think, um, if I could have had it my way years ago, I would have been the owner or would have created like the Westfield chatter group and have uh -huh. had had that as part of the chamber. A lot of chambers have, have done that. And so then they're really in an even better position to promote um, yeah. the businesses and, and things that they're doing. So I think in, in our community, we maybe have too many uh, big <laughs> buckets like that, um, but that's okay. Yeah. So if you, you think that the, the, the people are engaged, there's just too many places, so it's not centralized. And so they're probably all getting different messages. Yeah, I think, I think a, a little bit more centralized would be great. And I'm hoping that like, as we keep doing more things, um, that we can become more and more that voice. I, I hear from a lot of businesses that they're not sure sort of who the trusted source is yeah. in the Westfield community. So I'm hoping that we can kind of help fill that need in the years to come. Mm -hmm. So where do you, you said uh, the big boys, do you want, do you think Westfield chamber has big growth opportunities uh, in the next three or five years? Do you think that's one of the big issues coming up from a yeah, but I would, standpoint? Yeah, I would, I would say yes, but I would tell you that I think what we think of chambers today or even five years ago, it's gonna look very different in the next five years. So you, you know, cause you're a member of the Downtown Association's Board of Directors, that that is already a group that's now kind of under this chamber umbrella. Mm -hmm. And I've got my eye on probably two or three others that I'd like to see fall under that umbrella at mm -hmm. some point. And so I think it's important because that it makes us more dynamic and makes us better able to be of value to um, the businesses, the nonprofits, the churches, our residents, everybody on, on a whole scale. Who doesn't join the chamber that you think it's crazy that not members of the chamber or involved? 
what is it? I mean, every single realtor's in it, right? Every insurance agent, um, every citizen over 80 might be in it. I don't know. But who is someone that could really, really benefit that just for some reason doesn't join in your mind? I would say um, the thing that surprises me is the fast food chains do not. Uh, huh. They the either, they don't join or they don't do things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, say, what, um, what, what, what would they benefit? I mean, you know, what if they joined or participated, what would be something cool that how they could be involved or benefit? Well, I think it's twofold. So I think that one, those organizations would benefit from just the connections and knowing people within the community and kind of building those relationships. So there wouldn't be as many maybe cold interactions when they have people coming in and asking for a donation or asking to have them be involved in some way. But I also think, you know, being that I come from the fraternity world, we were always doing leadership and educational training. What I've noticed being in this role is that for the vast majority of people, that stops when you leave college. Unless you go to a specific conference or you go to um, some type of training that you are required to go to for your job, there's not really that stuff out there. And I think we provide it and we're going to get even better at providing it in the future. So if I'm a GM at um, at Culver's or I'm I'm an assistant manager going and hearing what's going on in the community, um, going to some of those educational programs is not only make me a better staff member, but also prepare me professionally for maybe other opportunities that may come down the line. That's interesting because, <clears throat> excuse me, when um, we had the union, the co-workspace, we had new chains want to have an office somewhere um, because so they could be connected um, before they opened up. And it is, it's almost like once they get open, they, you know, they, they're past that stage. Those are like baby steps. And it would yeah. be interesting to get like the Portillo's, the Kentucky Fried Chicken or who it is. I'm not, I don't know who's not a member, but um, all of them, because they do have some pretty good reach and resources at the chamber. So, well, is it's that interesting a push? you mentioned, you mentioned um, Portillo's and KFC, our new KFC in town. I mean, uh-huh. again, I think part of it is the, you know, a lot of chambers are, are looking to sell you the membership. Yeah. And I am going out to build the relationship. Uh-huh. So I'm not even focused. Like I just met with the owner operator of KFC, fantastic meeting, awesome guy, had no intention of even bringing up the chamber membership with him. Was really there to like hear his story, get to know him, build the relationship, uh-huh. see how he picked this location, just learn all the things. And by the end, he was like, so how do we get involved? I mean, he was the one who sort of initiated that conversation, did the same thing with Portillo's, had some opportunities to kind of help them connect to things early on. And now, I mean, I've had them tell me that we're their best partner in the region um, from a chamber standpoint and that they love working with us and, you know, just helped us out again last uh, two weeks ago with the Hoosier Chocolate Fest. So that's cool. Yeah. So once they, when they do dive in, they see the value in it or they see some a role they can play yeah and i think part of it is switching that mentality that like a lot of business owners will think that the chamber is just there to charge you a fee Mm -hmm. and for me it's really like how are we building a relationship how are we getting you connected into the community and how can we help so where do you think um 
Where do you think small town, I still think we're small town. Where do small chambers miss it? Like an opportunity that they, they could, they could do something. They don't have to be a big, huge membership or a big powerhouse. Where do you think that's just a missed opportunity overall, overall for small chambers? Do you think there is anything? Yeah, two things come to mind. One, um, who is on your board of directors is still a big deal. It means a lot to the city's leadership. It means a lot to the other businesses and having a balanced board of companies and experience is big. So I think for any smaller chamber out there, um, I'm thinking like my friend up in Tipton County and places mm -hmm. like that where they're still kind of half our size. Um, I, I'd be very focused on who do I have at the table? Because that will carry some weight in getting into other places and having conversations when you know they hear that, oh, Abbott's on your board and SCP yeah. is on your board and you have a realtor and you have someone connected to Grand Park. It just helps that, that conversation. The other piece I would say is I think we do spend a lot of time and effort in um, the membership piece and selling the membership. But I think if you spend more time in just communicating, you'll see that that, that supports your membership without even doing anything. I mean, yeah. one, one example would be us just, we now every week put out at least two of the new people who join the chamber. Um, you know, these are brand new companies or, or new companies to the chamber who've never been a member before. And so we send out a little blurb, new partner, here's who the company is. We've probably gotten about 20 other new memberships and, be, and they've said that it's because they see those. From that email, that's good. Yeah, they wanna be a part of it. They see other people joining, they see sort of the relevance. So it's a small thing, um, but I think it's a good thing. We're gonna start to um, do something similar to that with groups that have upgraded their membership as well. So if you wanna let me know how much to put you down for now, I can make sure we put you on one of those first uh, you're trying to close me on a podcast. I love it. Yeah, whatever you want, Steve. Um, uh, but I mean, I, I'm, I I'm excited it. about that. But so uh -huh. I think it's those little small things. It's the small touches, you know, that matter. So you, men you, mentioned, you mentioned the board and one of your first uh, uh, moves once you came on to took over was to ask me to leave, I think. I think that's how it worked. But <laughs> We don't need the details, but I think you asked me to leave and that's fine. But I, I feel like the that's board, I know it's not true, but um, everyone asked me to leave, not just you. <laughs> when, um, I think the board role has kind of, um, for years it seemed like a board didn't really have a role. Um, and I feel like an active board is more important or as you're saying, a prominent board is yeah. more important than it has been in the past. What, what do you see as a board, the board's role for the Chamber of Commerce? Well, I think that's evolving too. I think we used to have chamber boards that um, helped plan the golf outing and were mm -hmm. there with, you know, to help with the luncheon. And, though, and there's still a need for that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think now being as dynamic as Hamilton County is and as, as, grow, as fast as Westfield is growing, we need our board members out in the community. We need them going, you know, to these other meetings that are happening around the county representing Westfield, because I certainly can't be everywhere. 
I know people think I am, but I, I can't. Try. I, I try, but I think we've got really talented board members who, you know, now one of our board members sits on the Open Doors board. Um, so we've got that connection. We've got someone from our board that's now involved in the Hamilton County Legislative uh, Committee. So we're working on, you know, our government stuff here for local and state government. Um, we've got someone who is working on um, this housing committee uh, that's looking at housing in Hamilton County and what does the future of housing look like? Because those are some issues that are facing our county, um, housing and transportation. So I think that using our, um, our board members to be additional ambassadors um, in the county and across the city is, is where we're going to have even broader influence as a city than what we can have today. Do you think the, the I know it's not your job to select the board or to appoint the board, board member, but do you think it's a big responsibility of the director or you to say what you're missing on your board or to identify opportunities for the board? Or is it yeah, the other I mean, I, I've certain, I certainly am living it every day. And so I can see where we might have a need. And mm -hmm. um, our current board has involved me in the process. And so I get to be a part of the interview process and, uh, and get to see them. Obviously, that decision is theirs to make. Um, but no, I mean, I think there's an opportunity to provide input and to, to talk about where we're going and what we're kind of looking at. We're going to announce here soon. We've just added three new board members, but one of the individuals we're adding comes from a mental health counseling background, and you know the board felt like, wow, this is really um, this is needed right now. So what a great opportunity for us to be able to um, have someone like that with that experience on the board when that's an issue and challenging everyone's facing. How big is your board? We have fifteen people. Oh, okay. Wow, and you still want to grow it? I think it's a good size right now. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's switch speeds to the. Yeah, you are also the direct is executive director of the Downtown Westfield Association. Is that CEO, your title? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, CEO of both. Yeah. You'd think you'd think I know this stuff, right? Um, it was in an email. <laughs> so you run this the DWA. Um, what is, uh, the, tell us a little bit about the Downtown Westfield Association, what, how you see, what do you see it as, and then maybe some parallels between the Downtown Westfield Association and the Chamber and some collaboration and stuff like that. Yes, so um, many communities across the country have a Main Street Association, that's probably the more common term. And it's really those communities that have that quaint downtown where there's, you know, 10 rows of businesses on this side and 10 rows on this side. Maybe there's a few streets that are like that. Um, and so Westfield years ago decided that we needed to have a, an organization who was sort of advocating for what businesses existed at that point in downtown Westfield. Um, and this was before Park Street became a thing. This was before, you know, any ground was turned over at the plaza. And so that group kind of got started and said, hey, let's um, do some party on the patios and bring people to these locations and have them kind of see what's going on down here. Because people are kind of just, it's really easy to just drive on through if you're on 32 and not have to stop. Well, you do get uh, stopped. You do get stopped at the light. 
now now okay. you yeah. yes. so i think that it 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 kind of started that way as an advocate group for downtown as a way to bring some attention to uh things that are going on in town but really to start to have the conversation about what is our downtown going to look like in the years to come and things that dwa started 10 years ago we're now seeing the you know fruition of that with like the grand junction plaza there were a lot of people that were a part of that that helped to plan that and make that a reality so um and now you've got old town coming in and some other big developments that are going to be happening down there and so for the downtown association today i think we are now expanding what we consider to be downtown and are looking at you know the area between the high school all the way down to um, the Tom Rausch dealership and saying we really think this is downtown from 31 over to Big Hoffa's and from the high school to the to, to the dealership what is the future of that area look like and so we've just in, engaged with um, some different folks to have that conversation recently and, and the city and various levels of the city's folks are participating in that. Then I think we're also a great partner with the city um, to try to help, you know, bring some effort and attention downtown um, and be, be there to support, support some of the programs and things that they want to do. What does it look like in the future? I think we become more and more the advocate for that space I just described and uh, find a way to continue to see that flourish and make the experience of coming to downtown Westfield special like you see in our other surrounding communities um, in Hamilton County. How do we make it unique? How do we keep it Westfield? And how do we make it special? Do you, um, do you think most businesses downtown are aware of what's going on with the DWA. Do you think they're would, they they know what it's what the opportunity is or what it is? Yeah, I would say that I probably have good connections with about half of them and and mm -hmm. see them at various things um, every every couple months. Um, I think that that's an opportunity for us to continue now that some things are going to be in place like the plaza being open and stuff like that. I think there'll be more opportunities to have some more coordinated efforts with everyone. Um, but, but I think that's part of our job is to help bring all those people together and communicate and, and get everybody going. I've always thought too that DWA needed to point to some things. You know, why do we exist if we're just there to advocate for something? I mean, I got involved with Rivet when they opened their coffee shop because there's no parking. And through my conversations with the owners and then Jeremy Lawler at the city, we were able to, you know, help kind of bring everyone together and they had great conversations. And now we have some additional parking that's been okayed kind of outside of that space. So there are those little things that pop up, yeah. um, but I think we've got some big opportunities ahead that we can have see you know bring people together at the table for do you want to be in the room i mean do you want the dwa and the chamber to be in the room as people plan stuff uh down around the plaza or in or downtown do you think you can add value to those plannings yeah yes yeah yeah there i mean there's as i've surveyed the the you know where we're at um us like the chamber dwa there's no one else who's as involved in the businesses and nonprofits and sort of that sort of thing outside of some uh -huh. folks with the city 
So being able to offer that perspective and be there in the room to share that, I mean, it's, it's been huge. I've been asked to be in the room for the State Road 32 street um, streetscape meetings and just some of the things that I brought to the table, you know, no one had mentioned yet, like how are we going to promote some of the things and businesses going on downtown or the events that are going to be happening? And so, you know, I was able to sort of bring that up or share those ideas. I love the idea of the DWA. I really do. I think it it's something that it's just not quite taken off. And part of it is we're young. We, you know, there's not a lot of businesses and the, I just love the concept of it. And I think it's cool that it's tied to the chamber now and one person is overseeing both to keep them together, kind of, to keep them, you know, communicating. Um, it kind of hit a lull for many years. It kind of became the host of the Grand Junction Task Group for many years. And um, I think it was much bigger than that. So it's neat to see that coming back. Do you think, um, do you think when a company comes to town, let's say they want to be downtown, let's say a restaurant, and they need to join the chamber. Do you think they all need also need to engage the DWA or do you think it's kind of one and the same? No, I, I would like to see them join both. And mm -hmm. I think that we'll be in a place to roll out a membership experience or partnership experience with DWA for those that are for those that are downtown and for those uh -huh. that are surrounding downtown that know that having a thriving, flourishing area is only going to benefit everybody. Um, I think that the, the DWA board just recently proved an expense that's going to help with decorating the, the plaza for the holidays. I think that uh, you're smiling, but I think that's going to be it's something in a big way that for the first time DWA is going to point to that people will tangibly see and be able to say like we did that we you know because of the fundraising because of the partnerships we were able to make this significant investment and bring something to that area that didn't exist before and that the city didn't have budgeted to make happen. So, um, you know, not that they want, didn't want it, they wanted it, of course, they were a part of the conversation from the very beginning. Uh, it just, we were in a great position to be able to help them make that happen. And I think that's nice. It's, it hadn't, everybody wanted it, like you said, I think it's nice for us to be able to pinpoint some specifics, especially as we, you plan events, which are our next topic, uh, like the fun, the the dinner on uh, Union Street uh, yeah. that Dan Moyer heads up, and you know when we talk to people and say, "Hey, it's we're raising money for a special project or whatever," to be able to at least now one of the things will be a really cool Christmas decoration or decorations, uh, which they couldn't have a better person to work on that than you. So, <laughs> well, it's my counterpart Kayla Arnold with the city. She and I. Uh -huh. We were determined, and I mean, here we are in February, you know, talking yeah. about Christmas next year to make sure that we can be ready for the big show. Uh, so one of my favorite things, Steve, about uh, that you've come in, your, your event throwing or your event planning, and I know you work, you have a team, but you have staff, but you throw great events. Um, tell us about some of the events, whether it's DWA or Chamber, uh, that you throw and what you're excited about or what some cool uh, events are coming up. Yeah, so I, I'll say that with the chamber, one of the things that we're going to do this year is um, sort of elevate the educational leadership experience of some of the lunches. So the May luncheon, for example, 
we have hired a national speaker to come in and be the speaker during uh, Mental Health Awareness Month and partner with the Wellbeing Coalition to have a really great speaker there to talk about that issue during the luncheon. And then because we're bringing him into town that morning, he's going to meet with the Wellbeing Coalition, then he's going to meet with nonprofits that work, that are, you know, with the chamber that uh, work in the area of mental health. He's going to do stuff with seniors at the high school that afternoon. Um, so we're really maximizing him coming into town. And so all those partnerships and connections, I think, have happened because we've been at the table. Um, we're going to have um, this summer the first ever Young Professionals Leadership Summit um, at the high school on June 9th. There'll be some information about that rolling out here very soon. Um, but we're we're expecting about 200 young professionals from across the county to come together. Oh, wow. We've hired some keynote speakers. We have some breakout sessions for them, both personal skills like investing and resume building, but also some professional skill development. Um, and so my hope is that will be the first of many summits in the future that we'll be able to offer for different groups within our community. Mm -hmm. We'll have some other big speakers in the spring. Um, so that's that's one thing that we're changing there. Um, then, then the chamber, obviously, this year we introduced the Hoosier Chocolate Fest, um, which was a, a great success its first year with about 700 people coming through the door. Um, we're going to have our own Taste of the Chamber event in Westfield here in the fall. Um, you know, our other surrounding communities have done those for years, and I think people felt like we didn't have enough people, but we have more than enough people now. So yeah. um, our friends at Grand Park have been awesome and they're helping us figure out a good time to do that. So we'll be doing that this year. So there's a lot going on there. And then the downtown association, you know, the farmer's market falls under my purview as well. So we're going to be in the plaza uh, for the first time this year. Last year, we were kind of around it. Uh -huh. This year, we'll be in it. And to help really kick it off, it'll still be on Thursday nights, uh, but to help really kick it off the first Thursday of every month, we've partnered with the city to have the market concert series. So we'll have a big band, um, you know, we're paying a bunch of money to have some really cool talent come in. And the idea is we'll have food trucks around, we'll have all the market people there, people can come to the plaza, they can grab dinner, they can watch the show, they can check out the vendors that we have. So um, so that's going to be huge. Of course, we'll do the dinner party on Union again in September um, to help raise money for some of the things we want to do with DWA. And then I know your favorite, the party on the patios. Um, so much fun. We're going to bring a Wild Wild West theme this year to one of the parties. We're going to do uh -huh. a dance party for one of the parties. Um, so yeah, I think it's just it's just having fun, like getting people that sometimes you're in these big heated conversations with, or you've got maybe differing views, but like, let's come together for a yeah. couple of hours and just have a good time. And I think that in and of itself helped bring down maybe some of the tension that's out there with all the growth that's going on. Yeah. Well, and I agree with you. I think one of my favorite things about the, the uh, party on the patios was, it was everybody showing up, even though we spent all week arguing on Facebook, um, and we all come and have fun. And it's also a huge um, economic development tool, I feel, for the, the city and you guys. Um, and I just, they draw people. We were, I was always surprised how many people came from outside of the community when they just first started, let alone the ones that you're really promoting heavily now. So I think they're cool. 
I'm um, hoping we'll hit, you know, 500 or so people per party this year. I think that'd be pretty sweet. That would be cool. All right. Um, what is uh, the business community in Westfield? What are we, what are they missing? What are we missing as a, as a small town? We've got a chamber. We've got a very vibrant chamber of commerce. So downtown Westfield Associates. Where are the businesses missing out? Um, where, where, you know, where are we at asleep at the wheel, do you think? Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, what do we need here? What kind of business do we need in Westfield? Well, we need them all. I've got some ideas. <laughs> we need them all. <laughs> and it's not just an Olive Garden, although I hear that more than anything uh, else. Cracker Barrel, Olive Garden. Yep. Yes, yes. Um, what do the businesses need? Or what are they? What are we missing out? I mean, like, even if just be a ch from Chamber or DWA, we're all busy working in our companies. Where do you feel like the businesses locally aren't tapping into the resources that are available? Do you feel like there's we're missing that? I, I would say the biggest thing that we're missing right now is participation. I think some of its people are still leery, you know, with everything going on. Mm -hmm. But I think about some of the companies that we now have in Westfield. And, and it's great that we see some of the same faces at the yeah. lunches every month, but I know that those people coming have 10 or 20 other people that they work with yeah. and, you know, bring them along, bring them, have them come in your place, like have them start to network and get connected to the community because we want people who love Westfield, who are invested in Westfield, because then we're going to come with, we're going to come out with the best outcome possible. Yeah. Um, and it won't be just that I drive to work there and I go back to Carmel or I, it's, yeah. or that I, you know, I go to work and then I go home and I do my thing with my family and I'm not getting out there and being involved. We've got great programs. We've got great opportunities. Um, I just think it needs to be exposed to more of the staffs that, you know, make up the different businesses that we have. So I'd love to see just increased participation across the board. Okay. Um, all right. So you've been at the chamber for how long? Uh, since September of 2020. All right. And so, you are yeah. you you are you're not done. What are some other aspirations Steve Latour might have locally in Westfield? <laughs> well, <laughs> Go ahead. No. Well, I mean, I, I certainly want to see the chamber and the other groups that we can bring under the umbrella. Uh -huh. continue to grow. I think there's some really cool things that we could do that support our businesses or nonprofits and even the city. Uh -huh. We can bring all those things together. So I think I've got uh, some time to like make that all happen. So I'm mm -hmm. really focused on making that happen. Be, be more specific on that. Like what, like what is something that you're working on? Like, so we understand, like under the umbrella, some other organizations. When you say that, yeah, I think that? we need we need a um, we need sort of a community foundation that uh -huh. is for Westfield. I know we've got great foundation partners in the county, mm -hmm. um, but but an entity that's going to be strictly focused on Westfield and what we can do for our city and the nonprofits and the people that are here. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to see um, I'd love to see that happen. Um, we are the only chamber you know one zone noblesville has a foundation right now we don't have one so i would love to see that happen and i think we're on a path to make that happen but that will be a big component of 
than doing some of the things that we want to do with DWA and, and the chamber itself and then other other folks in in the city especially so there's that piece so I think there's a lot of good work to do there I'm excited about it we're making a lot of headway I think we are going to bring in some really good professionals to staff and stuff uh, that will help take us to the next level as well um personally I, I mean Yes, I, I see myself in an elected position at some point. I'd love to, you know, represent the city and, and keep that going on, on a city level. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, do you do you think this is an important time for our city that as an elected official, like there's some big stuff happening and um, pretty critical time for Westfield? Or do you think it's just in general, you always want to be a part of stuff? or you maybe want to be a part of stuff? Yeah, I, I tend to approach things from the standpoint that I'm a, a big fan of history. So I always want to understand the history and want to appreciate kind of how we got to where we are and understand what history we should hold on to and what history we can, you know, keep in the book and then come back to when we need it. But I think that we're at a point now where we have to have some really serious conversations about who we're going to be as a city in 30, 40 years. And what we do now is going to set ourselves up for that. Having grown up in the Detroit area, I can tell you that when I, I grew up, you know, 10 miles outside of Detroit. Mm -hmm. And by the time I graduated high school, my parents were living, you know, 30 miles outside of Detroit. Mm -hmm. And now if you're in Detroit, you're considered in Detroit suburbs, and that's an hour and a half from downtown. Mm -hmm. So I've said to people that Tipton County will be Indianapolis suburbs within the next 15 to 20 years. I have no doubt about that. So if we don't have a plan for how we plan to grow and evolve as a city, then we're going to miss out on some great opportunities. We're going to not be positioned to um, to take advantage of that when it comes up, but we've got to know where we want to go. And so having those really in-depth conversations is going to be huge. Who figures that out in a city? I mean, is it the community voicing their uh, opinions? Do you think it's a, a mayor that has a very strong vision? Do you think it's a council that has an agenda for something like that? Who do you think really figures that out? I think within the city structure, I think you need a really strong mayor with a strong vision. Okay. Um, I think they're the person who's going to lead that effort and then lead others through that discussion. Um, you know, so I, I would say it starts there. Do you think a mayor can accomplish that um, with this without the support of a council? Um, I think there's certainly things that they can do, right? There's mm -hmm. certainly depth to the experience that they can have. Um, but I think you've got to have a, a council that's willing to be at the table and have the conversation. We may all, we may disagree, um, but there's going to be opportunities for agreement. So I think having a council that's coming with the intention to have those discussions is, is huge. So you're, you talk to a lot of business people. You're in the community probably as deep as anyone on a daily basis. Um, where do you think the community wants Westfield to be? And I mean, do you think they like what's happening? Do you think they want to keep growing fast over the next 10, 15 years? Do you think they will accept your theory that in 15 years, Tipton County is part of NB, you know? I mean, 
you think that's how Westfield is moving or in the, the mindset of Westfield in general? I think we're um, really conflicted right now because I think we've got some longtime residents who have been here and have seen the evolution of the city. I think you have people that 20, 30 years ago decided to move to Westfield from Indy or Carmel thinking they were going to get away from the growth. Yeah. And now the growth has followed them. Um, and my, from my personal experience, I would tell you the growth is always going to follow any kind of metropolitan area in every direction. Yeah. So if you really want to get away from that, you've got to go about two hours away mm -hmm. um, to, yeah. you know, to, to, to get away from that. But it's always going to be there. So I think that um, having the conversation with the residents is going to be huge. I think there's a lot of people who've moved into Westfield over the last few years. I'm one of them. I can tell you, having just been the HOA president for my neighborhood, that of our 80 homes here, probably 70 of those homes are like, why aren't we growing faster? Why don't we have more in the way of, of amenities and resources? Why are we adding this, this, and this? Uh, because they're just here to live and they're not necessarily... Uh, they don't have the background of knowing, you know, how Westfield got to where it is. Mm -hmm. They just live in a nice new house and they want to see the best, you know, the city do the best that it possibly can. And when they drive to Carmel and they drive to Fishers or they drive to Noblesville, you're seeing what other groups are doing. And, and so it's like, well, that all must be coming here. There's some assumptions being made. Um, and so I think you've just got to have the right leadership talking about where we're going to go, having the dialogue with people to understand, you know, who we're going to be and uh, going from there. Do you think someone, because I feel like um, we're kind of past, we're not just starting as a city, you know, it's like we're not at the ground level. Do you think someone can come in with a pretty bold dream or idea or vision and implement that in Westfield over the next five, 10 years? Someone could be pretty wild. I mean, almost like a, I mean, and my examples are always Brainerd and, and Fisher, Fadness and Fishers, where they have, there's like, this is what we're creating right here. We're going to do it. We're going to do it fast and hard. And uh, do you think someone can do that at this point in Westfield? I hope so. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, cause I, I mean, I like to respect, you know, and I, I talk, I hope I seem respectful to the older or the people that have been here forever and they have their historical mindset and they value some stuff that I don't, but I, I try to be respectful of it. Um, I hope someone does see that opportunity that you can, you can still honor their wishes, but still grow fast and have an opinion or a goal or a vision. You know? Cause I think we've been stuck kind of in limbo with that. Yeah. I think um, it is true that no leader is perfect. Yeah, But I think that we had in Mayor Cook the right leader at the right time, and there were some great decisions that he and the city council, the town council at the time, decisions that they all made that have gotten us to this moment. And maybe some of it was realizing that, what, that Indianapolis was growing, and maybe some of it was just, you know, what is in the best interest of Westfield. But I can tell you that having grown up in the Detroit region, um, we're sort of at this precipice moment right now. Not to throw a big word at you, but I have no idea what you just said. It's raining. I think you said it's raining. <laughs> yeah. We're sort of at the edge. Okay. We're either going to go all in or we're going to uh -huh. turn around and go back. 
And yeah. so, and I think there's there's an approach to both. We don't have to go all in with the sake of losing our heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that we need to be really intentional about what we're going to do and what we're going to look and feel like and, you know, what's the vibe going to be in Westfield. I think there is something special and unique about us among the cities within our county. Um, and I think we complement the other cities well. So how do we take what's already been established and take it to the next level? Um, and that's the, that's the conversation I'm excited to be a part of. So whether that's in my role with the chamber or NDWA, or whether that's being an elected official at some point, that's, that's what I'm bringing to the table. How do, you, how do you think people should get involved in Westfield? I mean, where do you think that is the easiest, the maybe a best entryway into being involved in West entryway, entry spot uh, to being involved? If you don't do anything, you're just sitting outside, you know, you're not really doing much. You, you follow stuff on chat or whatever, but where do you think someone can have really learn the most and maybe have a impact? Yeah, I think um, we're, we're so, westfieldcalendar.com which is live now and is only going to be more and more enhanced um, in the months to come um, and will be more officially announced um, soon i think that's I, thought you, gonna... I thought you were going to tell me that's been out there for years and i don't know about oh. it. <laughs> okay. well, it's something that the chamber did um, okay. the chamber brought together like 12 partners um, okay. and so we're essentially going to have one central location for all this information within Westfield. So um, it's, it's live now, but we're going to really push it out uh, this spring. And then we're going to send a postcard to every home this summer so that people are aware of that. Um, So I think that will be one way for people to quickly connect and see like all of the things that are going in there. We're going to have all the high school sports around there, all the library events, all of the classes you could take at Union Bible College that are publicly oriented or, or, you know, that's all these different things will be there and available to people. So that's one way. I think that the city has, because of Grand Park, they have a great hospitality department through Westfield Welcome that's underutilized, probably. They do a lot of events, but what people may not know is they also manage all the volunteers for those events. So if you like the Colts, if you want to be part of Rocks the Fourth, or you want to volunteer for some of those things, they've got a, a, a way to do that and a bunch of opportunities that way. Um, but I, I think we're trying to figure out as a growing city, how to get that information in front of people, because, you know, it used to be, let's send them a flyer in their water bill. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't get a water bill anymore. It comes in my email. And then it was, well, we'll advertise, you know, in the newspaper. Well, now we get a newspaper once a week. Um, and, and because of Westfield and the way that we've grown, like I get the Noblesville newspaper. I don't even get the Westfield yeah. newspaper. Yeah. Let's have a podcast chat about that whole issue <laughs> another day. Um, so there are these challenges in getting people information that we're, that we're working through. Um, and that's where this calendar is coming out of and, and, and whatnot. But I think that um, the opportunities are there for sure. Mm-hmm. You just like, can they just stop by the chamber? Oh, hundred uh-huh. percent. Yeah. We, we probably get a couple, I don't know, half a dozen people a week that come in there now. And I think that'll continue to grow based on where we are downtown. Okay. A lot of well, people Steve, relocating and whatnot that want to get involved. So what organization hasn't invited you to be a part of it yet that you would like to be a part of? 
I feel like um, you're part, I feel like you're a part of everything. What what's one that you're like? Why haven't they called yet? I mean, is there one? No. There's not, is there? Mm-mm. Huh. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, maybe we need to start an organization. I'm very blessed. I'm very uh-huh. very thankful. Um, you know, for all the opportunities. Um, yeah. I spent well, we a lot been... of my personal time on Westfield Youth Assistance. You know, I'm currently their president, so uh-huh. I do that a lot. Um, I you know, I was a mentor my... at one point. You were? Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. Uh-huh. Mine went to jail during the period. Oh, no. but yeah. Uh-huh. It was, a, it was a great experience, though. Great organization. Wow. Well, good. So, Steve, I appreciate you doing this. Um, not to cut you off, but we uh, passed the hour mark, and most people, my listener doesn't usually listen past the 30 minutes. Um, so to stay this is four podcasts well a series no i do so we really i should be on more often as well yeah. Take we can we can do every friday if you want we can do one um, <laughs> uh, but i appreciate all that you do in westfield um, i think a lot of people do you're a busy man uh, but you are out there doing a lot and i think that's cool and i look forward to a fun summer of events and stuff going on with the chamber and dwa so Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. All right.